we're talking about hairdressing, right? Don't kill the industry. Hello, broadcasting from Essex. It is the 16th of March, 2021. You're listening to Salomonics. The Bitcoin price is currently $56,020. I'm your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair Fauci, oh, Joe Fauci. Well, fake news. I'm my fake news. Is that what he's saying there? No, no. He's changed his mind every single time he appears on TV, right? So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's very true. Why do you think that is, though? Um, because he is, I think he's told to, you know, the whole point of being honest, right, is so that when you're honest, um, it's an easy narrative to get across yeah. because you know you're, you're you believe the same thing when you tell lies all the time it's very hard to keep yeah. the lie going because obviously <laughs> yeah. it doesn't yeah. make sense yeah, Fact. yeah it doesn't make, and, yeah and it doesn't play to the um to the uh, the public's um persona as well as because he has to keep the everybody happy and lies don't keep everybody happy does it well, you know, you know there's just the, a big the truth lie. Does. Well, the truth, I, I think the truth can hurt, can't it, sometimes? And, yeah. You know, he's hes trying to prevent people from getting hurt by telling big fat lies. And, um, yeah. yeah, invariably it has the opposite effect, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fauci, calling me a Fauci. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you get your little five seconds of fame from that, yeah. I suppose. Well, anyway. right, so, I mean, if, if Anthony Fauci's listening, I mean, come on the come on the show. You know, we'll give him a right yeah. to reply. We'd love to, love for him to come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, my biggest problem with Anthony Fauci is he's 80 years old. He's, he's older than Trump, right? Yeah. I mean, he's been around a long time. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And yet yeah. he still, you know, wants the limelight every day. I just think some of these politicians, mate, I don't think they're in the job for the right reason. I think they're in the job for the limelight and, and the virtuousness of doing the right thing, you know, or being seen to be doing the right thing. A lot of these well, see, the thing is, it's, it's, it's this thing that I keep telling, telling you, you know, we've been talking about our industry, right? There's a certain point in your life you just walk away from it right because at that day Anthony Fauci okay he, he should have gave, he should have sort of retired when um, Trump came in right because he was part of the uh, Obama administration that invested millions of dollars of Wuhan at a time right so we go go back that many years so he's been around since the AIDS, AIDS thing as well uh, Fauci now he, there's a guy who's been in such a high position if he retired what would he become? Just another old man, mm. right? You know, enjoying his gardening or uh, mowing his lawn or whatever. That's what he would be, Aaron, just an old man. And it's very hard to give up a, a fantastic position that he had or has and uh, to become a nobody, you, you know what I mean? And his, his history will remember you, but while you're living until till the day comes, you, you just become a... An insignificant person. I'm not sort of saying insignificant um, human being in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I know myself when I retired sort of six years ago. Well, that's know, what I was going to ask. I was going to say, well, when did the penny drop for you that you was like, right, okay, I've had a great run. I'm going to hang up my scissors, even though you technically haven't hung up your scissors, but you you've semi. Well, yeah, you look as as you get older, right? You, there's one thing in our profession that. I think every hairdresser, every salon owner will agree to. You start hating people. <laughs> Not the job. You, you do. Because you can't put up... You, you know, as you get older, your patience levels, all it, it becomes less, you know. You start... You're not becoming weaker, but you just... Be, it's the same old, same old. You're thinking, you know, do I need this? You're like, oh, stop moaning. or oh, stop doing this. You know, just let me get on with it. Just let me... There's all these things that comes into sort of like... You just become intolerant to it, you know what I mean? And when... when I was very fortunate that I, I, I had a great offer and I sold it. But when I sold it, right, the next day I got up and all of a sudden... Who was Joe Mehmet? I mean, before I said get up, go to work, and you know, everybody in that area, in my sort of bubble, everybody know who you were. All of a sudden, you're walking around, right, thinking, no one knows who I am. Not that I'm going to go and bleat about who I am or anything, but it took me about 18 months, Aaron, 
18 months to actually sort of come to terms, right, that I would never be the person that I was. And, and, and fortunately, I was young enough to sort of reinvent myself as well. And that's the beauty. If you, when you get too old, you can't reinvent yourself. Right, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I can appreciate that. Like the triviality of, you know, what is the end of someone else's world isn't the end of your world, right? And, and this right, is where yeah. your uh, perceptions in life collide. Um, mm. You know, you've got bigger things to worry about um, than the triviality of, you know, what we're going to take, what we're going to talk about in the show today is like, you know, accidentally cutting half an inch off someone's hair too much. And it shattering their world so much so that they potentially might turn around and sue you under the current well, this is the a... current rule changes that we're discussing <laughs> yeah. now. So to segue into today's show, um, yes. today's show is simply called "Kicking the Insurance Hornet's Nest." Right, right. And the idea of this show come about from obviously a lot of stuff we're seeing in the Facebook groups where insurance companies are essentially being sued at the moment because they're failing to pay out on their disruption insurance um, from last year because of the pandemic, simply because the term pandemic or, you know, um, epidemic wasn't in can, the can terms just, of salon insurance, right? So this can, is, I, can I just recreate recre you on that one? Are the insurance companies being sued or are they in the process of being sued because of loss of... Um, loss of earnings. Well, I don't know. I mean, I just wanted to, I mean, we'll, we'll dive into this, um, but I just right. wanted to establish where the idea for this chat comes from. Right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And essentially the question we want to try and figure out today is, you know, should liability be the salons or the individual? And if we get regulation, then do we need insurance? If we regulate, that's the big question. That's the big question. The so big, these are the questions yeah. we're going to try and explore today and, and try and okay. answer, and then we're going to conclude whether they're scams, gimmicks, or genuine innovations that work for the sector as a whole. So stay right, tuned right. because Joe has been working really hard, haven't you, Joe, on doing your research for this show? So, Joe, over to you. Well, I, I did sort of like come across this um, law firm. Right, that uh, actually specialises in just suing hairdressers. Right, uh, I'm not going to mention this all like the uh, the law firm, but yeah, this is this is the um, this is their sort of like on their page. Right, why is insurance company important? What compensation can I get? To, um, how how you go about uh, making a claim and all this kind of thing? Right, it's actually giving information to people. To actually go to head, go get their hair done. It doesn't matter what service they had. And they could just complain, and then ring, you bring these guys, get in touch with them online, get them a call, whatever, and they will actually act on your behalf. That and they saw like on the basis that you made the hairdresser made their life a misery for that one second, ten, one hour, or one day. They made their life misery, and they're saying right. That they can, you can get somewhere between three to nine thousand pounds per case. That's a lot of money, right? And in our industry, it is a case of buyer beware. Okay, I, I understand as an insurance uh, seller owner that you need public liability insurance. I understand all that. I understand you need sort of like insurance against chemical uh, reactions. Allergies. Things happen. Yeah, allergies yeah. and things like that. I mean, we've obviously you know, seen you... a, a change in, in the food industry as well, right? Where every yeah. allergic substance has to be put on the menu, right? It has to be explained clearly, right? Exactly. So nut con it may contain nuts or processed in a nut yeah. factory type or of thing, meal, right? I mean, or, you know, vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. So they had to cover themselves. And, and you know, we, just, we, we are no different because, you know, you get reactions all the time. But what I can't understand is, right, is is how it's so... They make it easy for people to actually go out and suing us when really, at the end of the day, it is a client's responsibility to actually make sure that they, they go to a reputable salon and they're actually dealing with someone who knows what they're doing, all right? And 
I, I, I never insulted the client's intelligence on this one, but sometimes they do happen, these um, little mishaps. You know, you cut a quarter of an inch too short, or you buy a lopsided fringe, or, or whatever. But it's not the end of the world, is it? No. Now, is it worth having insurance policy to cover that though? That is, that's my, uh, that's my gripe really on this, with the insurance. And it's becoming more and more, um, so like, they, they, the professional bodies are trying to encourage this as well to take out these insurance um, policies out. That's what I don't understand. Do you need, do we need it? I don't think we do, but we do need to sort of like um, protect ourselves too against people who just purposely go and ambulance chase. That's what they used to call those um, these um, lawyers who sort of go around looking for claims, weren't they? Yes, yeah, so there's the insurance scam, right? Yeah. Right, that we need to protect ourselves against that. Yeah. Really. Hence, why you've got cameras popping up in on the dashboard of everyone's car, so that if someone just decides to dive in front of your car, um, yeah. you know they can basically claim the insurance, right? They can claim that you've run them over, um, and obviously, but a lot of the time that comes from these like no win, no fee type setups, right? These solicitors right. that kind of provide that, and and, and doesn't those kind of uh, providers essentially create this market, this scam market. Because well, exactly. they've mean, got nothing to lose, have they? These people the, go in and complain about a haircut or a style or a blow dry, or you know, and right. then they can claim, "Oh, you called me mental anguish, you know, for two weeks, and I want damages, <laughs> you know, exactly or whatever." So uh, exactly. I mean, I mean, how can you sort of like uh, protect? Well. Try sort of like defend yourself, right? Client comes in with a picture, which is, as you and I know, it's a one second hairstyle, right? The the hairdresser does it to his best of abilities, that's one second hairstyle, and she goes out with a hairstyle, which is like a, 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 a for a month period, and she would sort of say, it's not like the picture. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, can you, can you imagine what, what kind of worms that will open up to the, um, to the, to the industry? Yeah. Really, which again, right? The professional bodies, right, are encouraging these um, their members to sort of take out these insurance policies, but they're not actually doing anything to protect the industry, the hairdressers themselves. Okay, so I don't understand who they're working for on this. That they work, they're meant to be working for the hairdresser, their members, but are they actually promoting a product? Yeah, really? I think I think it's a good point. Um, you've basically outlined where it'll eventually get to, you know, which is, you know, us having to sign contracts for every snip we make. Do you know what I mean? Of the yeah. hair. Is it okay for me? You're not going to sue me if I cut this fringe. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. potentially where we could go, where everything under surveillance, you're going to need to record everything in terms of, you know, maybe even the cameras, cameras in the salons. That then enters, you know, more um, cost and expense to the salon owner. Um, you know, right. the litigious nature of this society that which we're becoming, you know, like America, is is eventually going to degenerate into no one wanting to do anything for fear of being sued. Yes, yes, and being yes, dragged yes. through a process. So, if that is where it could get to. What are they, insurance com companies, suggesting that they're changing their policies, policy today into, Joe? I know there was something around, you know, uh, backwashes, right? Yeah, there's that, yeah. I think there's a sort of like, juniors have to be uh, assessed now to, to, to wash hair. I mean, I mean, how can, who is the best person to assess a good shampoo or not? The person being shampooed. Right, you know, if they if the junior gets the back of the um, their shoulders or their back their back wet, it's a bad shampoo. But if if the junior sort of shampoos the hair and not one bit of drop of um, onto the woman's face or the man's face or getting shoulders uh, shoulders wet, if you're wet, right, the collar's wet, then it's good shampoo. So again, it's creating more crangos, isn't it? You know, you've got to have an assessor coming down. More bureaucracy, which obviously we yeah. as salon. Owners and hairdressers 
Exactly. Well, you would, you just want to run a business. I said, I said before the previous show, as a selling owner, I was, I was a B, I was doing this, I was doing this. By the time I left, I was a selling operator. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there was so much protocols you have to go, so many things you have to put into place that you actually stop running a business and you, you're keeping the HR happy or the taxman happy or, or you're keeping your employees happy. But you're not happy yourself, right? So, you know, it becomes a, a food type of thing. So, again, it's creating so much of unnecessary um, palaver. It's, it's not expense. Well, it's just it's distracting because, you know, a business it, owner from yeah. generating income, keeping customers satisfied, yeah. keeping them happy. Do you know what I mean? It's essentially distracting yeah. them from their focus, which is to be to provide exemplary customer service to create you know beautiful hair or you know beauty treatments and to do it to their best of ability when they've got all of these fear and anxieties hanging over them that they 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 purchase the insurance policy in order to eliminate those fears and anxiety but as we've seen over the last year they've had the insurance and then when they go to claim on the insurance they're like no we're not paying you out yeah (laughs) so do you know what I mean? Yes. All of these processes just seem to leave a bit of taste in the mouth. And it forces well, people to get out of the industry earlier than probably what what they once would because they don't they don't have that love for you. Yeah, I, I, could, I can sort of concur with the rest of you because you, you do start to fall out of love. But then, I mean, going back to the sort of like the, the pandemic though, right? I, I don't think there was one insurance policy that covered the pandemic okay and and you know and it was very interesting how the government worded it right a pandemic they didn't they didn't sort of um, word it as a recession they didn't sort of say it as a as a health uh, yeah. whatever it, it, it was this described as a pandemic i think i was just trying to think of um, the recession right the last recession we had, had there was a certain word that they used that credit crunch. Credit crunch, right? Yeah, so that it, it so protected, so it protected insurance companies because yeah, you had an insurance against certain um, loss of earnings or you know yeah. certain sort of contributions to that loss of earnings, right? You know, recession, whatever. But because it was a credit crunch, it was, it was worded differently. Yeah, so they, like, yeah, they redefined the language, which yeah. obviously we have actually seen the WHO do this this year. Um, to classify COVID-19 as a pandemic um, much before it was actually a pandemic. Um, And I've explored this a little bit um, through Twitter. Uh, A a lot of the chat on Twitter was talking about, you know, the reason why they do this is essentially so that they can open up billions and billions of pounds or dollars from the G7 or G20 governments because when a global pandemic is um, declared, all of these contracts then get actioned. And these contracts essentially state we have to spend a certain amount of GDP on finding vaccines, you know, spending on pharmaceutical, testing, do you know what I mean? Doing all Mm. of these measures to prevent or to get out of the pandemic as soon as possible. So, you know, when, when... when organisations start redefining language to be more mild in yeah. order to benefit them financially, you know, we it's, have to kind of think about, you know, whether all this is good or not for our, for well, our industry and for, for human human race. So going back to the, the, the notes, um, you know, the Salon Shore policy, for example, they have stated that there have been several substantial claims uh, on backwash salon stroke syndrome in recent years. And this is why the underwriter has made the decision to amend uh, the wording in their policy to um, basically yeah. prevent Saturday girls, Saturday boys, um, Saturday people from doing shampooing unless they have a, a relevant qualification. So how, well, how do you get a qualification? How do you get qualified? To, uh, from from sweeping the floor to uh, being a shampooist, right? So, that you, how do you how do you qualify in that one? Well, it's, it's a question of supervision. You know, that person yeah. can only touch hair under the distinct supervision of somebody that is qualified. So, 
once again, I think this is, you know, it's semantics again. Um, so you know. so would, would the insurance company, uh, well not insurance, would the salon, salon owners, right, employ someone just looking over, just to look over the shampooer's shoulders? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe you don't done it right. Yeah. You don't <laughs> Line management, you know. This, I mean, and this is the downfall of most, most companies, isn't it? When you have all these middle management, yeah. um, you know, blocking up the actual revenue generation of a business. You know, yeah, you're spending we, but, all this money on HR and middle management and, you know, the business is not earning any money because all the spare money is going on all these, all these things. So essentially, the, the terminology they're using in the insurance is those undertaking shampooing have to be sufficiently trained and qualified. If a member of staff is working in a salon completing assistant duties such as shampooing, they should be sufficiently trained and qualified in the technical skills for the service or treatment being undertaken within a two-year period. So essentially what you're going to need is you're going to need a qualified assessor registered with a regulated awarding organisation so that they can sign off the members of the team, i.e. Saturday staff. Um, as capable enough to complete the assistant duties. Um, this could be outsourced to another salon if there were no staff qualified within the salon. So once again, it is disrupting. It is essentially... Yeah, I mean, it's the odds, isn't it? It's like how many people have... Done, how many people have... I want to know the numbers. I want to know how many people have had strokes from the backwash. Well, is mean, it one? Well, okay. Is it two? Well, this is it, you see. Is no, it three? Because I know for a fact that millions of people go into salons every year to have their hair done. Yeah. So are we now writing policy to cover a one in a million chance of something happening? They, they could be in the backwash for too long as well, can't they? Could be sitting in the backwash. Yeah, but sometimes, right, hairdressers do leave a client in the backwash while they're being processed. Okay? Some, I'm just sort of saying sometimes a junior might take too long to shampoo. I'm just saying. But the interesting thing about what you were sort of saying there, right, it, came, it just came to me. So I, are these sort of companies telling the um, assessors already, right, that their training is not good enough? Because don't forget, right, it, you know, when you get sort of the young people going into the business, they, being, they've got to go through their level, um, MVQ levels one, two, and three, right? So yeah. even before they get to shampoo, they have to go through um, uh, being assessed, yeah? So all these things are all there anyway for, for them to be taught how to shampoo. Yeah. Being oh, it's all about, basically speaking, it's about customer care, really, these insurance policies, not the actual yeah. training, I would think. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, no, for I'm, sure, for sure. I mean, that goes back to the, the hansard.parliament.uk um, yes. policy, yes. which the end of that policy, which this was the debate that was had in Parliament Monday the 20th of May 2019, uh, and it was under the title The Regulation of Hair, Barber and Beauty Industries, right? And let yeah. me just divert your attention to the very last paragraph. It says the petition highlights cases of poor health and safety issues as well as hygiene and the control of dangerous substances. These areas are already highly regulated, highly regulated. Yes. Let me emphasize highly regulated by health and safety legislation enforced by local authority, environmental health departments. Yes. We would therefore encourage the hair and beauty industry to come together to formulate and agree measures, including alternatives to regulations that are needed to drive up the standards of exemplary customer service and well-being in this vibrant and valued sector. Let me ask you a question. Obviously, the professional bodies have read this. They've seen it. They haven't told their members. But what was their conclusion to all that? How, did they, how do you think they came up with... One voice. Innovative uh, idea? No, not one voice, mate. Insurance. Let's wow. get, let's come up with some insurance policies that will enforce everybody. Yeah. Well, once again, I mean, <laughs> right? Because so, because the NH, NH, NHBF, right? They've got this uh, salon short insurance policy, which is no different to salon gold or public liability insurance you can get anywhere, right? Yeah. But they've got their own now, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, I guess they <laughs> have. Um, 
Yeah, so it is a license to print money. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying it's a license to print money, but that's their that's their that's their response to the um, to the, the hands. One voice. Of, it's the, ensure ensure people out of business. Yeah. It, 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 which is, I don't know if it's to ensure people, but obviously sort of get more money out of a, a, a smaller group, right? Because yeah. their membership is not expanding left, right and centre. But obviously they want more members, so... I, I, yeah, I, I, they're I looking know. for new economic models in order to generate more income. More, yeah, you know, from... Now, from you know, and I mean, listen, I mean, look, as a, as a free market and as a capitalist society, not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem, but for me, it's the coercion factor. Yes. It's the fact that we are being coerced into having to do this. So regulation will fail. You know, we've, we've already discussed this on previous shows that this one voice malarkey, this regulation will improve the industry. And why would, and why would it fail? That's why futile would, why would, and why it would, would fail. Why would regulation fail? Because it will put more businesses out of, more salons out of business then encourage more business going into the business. Uh, more it, going. Yeah, it will, it will basically stop people from... Well, yeah. it, I mean, it just takes more money out of the industry, mate. It yeah. makes hairdressing as a thing more expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, any cost savings that you're trying to do with efficiency when it comes to uh, the electric, the heating, you know, all of these things that we've gone into the BEIS quango for will be completely eradicated by... Increased insurance premiums. And Joe, just for me to back up the insurance premium costs, guess what I did over the last few days? Um, you, you sort of like made a car claim. Did, did, some, did someone hit no, you? No, 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 no. Basically, I've been going through all my direct debits and everything because um, we've just sold our house, actually. We're moving to a, yeah, a I, nice I, I, house in the country. And... Yeah, so I've obviously got to go through the whole porting your mortgage over and all this stuff. So I've just gone through like my spreadsheet of all their direct debits to figure out like what monthly commitments are and this, that and the other. So the last time I did it was 2019. Okay. Guess what? In, I've got insurance for the house, insurance for the car, insurance for the animals, and I've got insurance for like, you know, the phones and, you know, Breakdown yeah. insurance, yeah. Home, for this home. for the car. Cont content insurance. Have you got content yeah, insurance? Yeah, exactly. All of that stuff, right? Yeah. So, and remember that um, the government are tell us, telling us that inflation's 2% a year, yeah? yeah? So that at the prices of our haircuts should be going up every year a minimum of 2% right. to account for the co overall cost of inflation. Well, my house insurance, mate, I've made no claims in the last two years, up 50%. My car insurance, 50% in two no. years. My car insurance, up 65%, made zero claims in the last two years. My what? animal insurance, in two years, up 20%, Joe. And not to mention, um, you know, the uh, phone insurance has gone up 100% in two years. So what path of inflation are the insurance companies following? Well, as as the dog gets older, the the premium goes up. That's that's a given, right? So yeah, it's a risk thing, isn't right, it? It's yeah. a risk. So my point is, if insurance companies are allowed to increase their profit margins or their their premiums based on risk, then it's in the insurance company's favour to find risks where there's no risk, risk. Well, so they can put their price up. Well, especially since last year, right? Because no one's made any claims, have they? Better speaking, right? There's been more home improvements. There's more, more uh, less travelling. So I'm surprised that um, the premium's gone up that, that much, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Well, I mean, look, they ha I was shocked. I mean, because some of these policies are quite small, like my house insurance was like only 15 quid a month and that's gone up to like 25 pounds a month. Do you know what I mean? You don't really mm. notice it in terms of significance. But I, I, wish my know, house, I, I wish my insurance was 15 pounds a month, mate. <laughs> well, I, I, think it was just, I think that policy is just a building's insurance. You know, obviously there's separate contents and all of that malarkey. I yeah. mean, look, listen, I've seen your house. You've got a Ducati inside of it. You've got uh, film posters that are worth a few quid. You, of course, you're you're you have to take out insurance on those artifacts because obviously they might be worth a, a, a few pounds, right? So, you know, you have to take out insurance on those things because, like I say, in a house fire, you know, they're, yeah. they're they're extremely risky things that cost obviously you know money, right? So, like I say, it's risk, right? The yeah. risk to reward. 
Now, all I'm saying is let's be very careful going forwards with encouraging more rules and regulation and insurance premiums onto an already struggling industry that has been decimated over the last year because of the pandemic. Um, All I'm saying is, look, let's just be very, very cautious going forwards, like our government have been when it comes to reopening our salons to begin with. I think cautious approach is the most sensible approach here. Uh, And, you know... That's, I mean, look, that's my piece on it. Any yeah. savings that you make will just go to the insurance companies. Any extra pay rises you get will end up being eaten into by the insurance companies. Um, look what Hair and Barber Council sent us out last week. If you've got cameras in the salon, you've now got to pay 40 quid a year to some, um, in, like some internal commission, um, I, the ICO organization i'd never heard of them until i'd got a a message through from the hair barber council um that said oh we've now got to spend 40 quid a year on some kind of association that covers our data protection from cctv cameras and it's like well where the hell's that policy come from so can you see what i mean by bringing in insurance we're now going to have to film everything that goes on in the salon we're now going to have to do tests every six months every time a single person comes in has any kind of color Joe, what's the point in offering these services? Well, no, what the, is the, the point? This, there is a... The, the, listen, I think what the, the, the biggest problem is, right, it actually could destroy the industry. Because at the end of the day, you, know, you don't want to touch it. You, you don't want to touch something that is a risk factor. There's a risk factor to it, okay? Because Absolutely. accidents do happen. I'm, yeah, there's nothing in this world, right, that was... You know, we, we, as human beings, we're not got to prevent something. You know, hence why all this health and safety palaver. It's, it's probably because things happen. You know what yeah. I mean? Scaffoldings comes down. You know, buses overturn. You know, do you know what I mean? Floods happen. You know, water rises. You know, things like that. And when I, when I look at the um, the insurance policy, the the NHBF, the Southern Service Shoreway is doing, right? You know, treatments. Okay. Look, in the beauty sector, I understand, you know, when, you, when you've got invasive treatments, you know, needles, chemicals, all those kind of things, right? But in our industry, you have to just let it go at certain points, right? So say a, a tongue, you know, a tongue could sort of touch someone's skin. That is not a suitable offence, you know? If a haircut is not right, that is not a suitable... There's certain things people should not be allowed to do, all right? And, and don't give them the don't give them the rubs to sort of do so, and and that's what I find really really worrying is that the professional bodies are not doing enough to protect the hairdressers, by the you know from these um, protocols these policies that they want to um, promote because yeah, they, they want to they basically want to uh, bring all these policies in under the idea of you know it's going to make the industry safer. It was so so. The, the worst thing is, right, I mean, I've known being in the business for such a long time, right, Botox, let's, do, let's take Botox, right? You know, Tom, Dick and Harry, right, could have a Botox party and they all inject themselves with sort of like pig, pig films or whatever it is, right? How can that be catching, put, put in the same category um, risk factor as our industry? Yeah, as doing a haircut. You know, do you know what I mean? It's completely, yeah, totally. I, I don't yeah. get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let them have all the insurance policies. I don't care about them. We're talking about hairdressing, right? Yeah. Don't kill the industry, really. Yeah. By 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 basically tarnishing it with the same brush as yeah. all these other, uh, it, you know, exactly. invasive treatments. Yeah. And, and you know, doing we, we are that. doing something that's very external. Yes. Um, you know, that's great for mental health. You know, it has all of the, and, and, and this is the unintended consequence, isn't it? Mm. You know, by essentially removing the salons in the industry, we are going to become a more conveyor belt type of industry where every dot and every, uh, every T has to be crossed, every dot has to be, yes. uh, every I has to be dotted. And we're going to get to a situation where the fun, the creativity, the atmosphere, the excitement, all that is just completely removed. And it's just going to... And I, I wrote about this last year in a blog on gosalon.uk about I, I'd hope that the idea of going to a hairdresser's didn't become like going to the dentist. Yeah, a, a, necessity, you know, just a necessity. A necessity, a chore, something yeah. you have to do 
every six months to 12 months. Because honestly, Joe, that is what that is my fear for our industry. That is what I think it's going to end up being. We're all going to be in lab coats. We're all going to be in masks. We're all going to wear, you know, visors over our head. We're not going to allow to play music just in case that music offends somebody in a way that they can then sue the salon for, you know, mental anguish because of lyrics coming out of a thing. Then we're going to be sued because the person didn't know that there was a camera on them when they come into the salon. Oh, well, that's a, do you know what I mean? It's well, that's just, another invasion of privacy, isn't it? Exactly. All of these things are invasion of privacy. Hairdressing is about two people coming together, one person having the trust in the other person's skills and capability to be able to do a service for them that they enjoy, they want, and makes them feel good. It's, you said the magic word, trust. You take the trust out of the industry, there is no industry. Because that's what it's all about, Aaron. That's how you build a reputation, that's how you build a clientele, that's how you can make a reasonably good living. You have to give trust. Now, if you don't give trust, right, then like you just sort of said, right, it'd just be a conveyor belt. But the interesting thing is, though, right, how did how did all this start? We, there's somewhere along the line, right, for us to actually talk about this, right, someone had to start this off for us to sort of, like, um, to look into it. Because, you know, I, I know as a salon owner, I had to have, I had public liability insurance, okay? But I never had insurance, extra insurance, right, for um, for whatever reasons that might be upsetting because I trusted my clients and my clients trusted me. And, you know, we didn't really do anybody just off the street either. But yes, we did to a degree, but they might be in a local area, all right? So they, they weren't out to sort of like gain a, a quick um, haircut or a, or, or a freebie or anything like that. So I never had these um, extra... Um, covers so how did all this start then why did why did is there a need to have all these extra covers on, on an insurance policy they're very simple um, sort of like public liability well, it's, a, it's a chicken or egg isn't it it's a chicken yeah. or egg did did we go to the insurance companies looking for extra protection to prevent us being sued yeah. or did the insurance companies add things into policy um, in order to protect themselves from losing money, you I, know, I, I mean, who went I, first? Who went first? I have no idea. I, I know that there was a um, the Southern Owners United or whatever it is. It sounds like a football club, actually. Um, so, like, we're trying to sue for loss of earnings right for due to the pandemic, business disruption. That's right. Yeah, right. that was that was happening last year. We touched on it earlier in the show, didn't we? Right. I, I could understand that campaign, right? But having all this, all like the juniors to be assessed, the, the use of tongs, the use of all these tools, right, has to be, has to have a certain degree of skills and assessments, right? Would you already done that? You already get that with the MBQs anyway. It's yeah, but this is this is what they're this is what they're saying. I mean, um, it, every single qualification will have to be given by an accredited source. Yeah, uh, and this is what I was saying to you the other day. We've not got that accreditation, Joe. So under the terms of the law, you and I won't be allowed to teach anybody, even though we believe we've got skills that we could pass on that would be useful for the next generation. We're essentially being ostracised from passing on our knowledge and our, and our skills. So all we can do now, Joe, is talk about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I just feel sorry for the... Um state of the industry when I really do it's, it's sort of biggest belief but then you know it, it kind of like so we were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the, the future salons okay now the the less people you have in the uh, the salon as in bodies because it's going to be you know everything's going to be AI'd virtually speaking so you've got the client you've got the hairdresser doing, doing the, uh, the required work do you still need the same insurance that covers? Would you still need all those um, policies in place? Well, this is it, isn't it? It's it's the red tape that they're laying down for you to achieve to make the insurance policies less and less relevant. So therefore, you would think 
uh, we wouldn't need the policy and therefore the policy issuers, the insurance companies, would have to then compete with each other in order to, you know, be cheap, right? Yeah. But as we know, as we stated earlier, it doesn't. Since when have you ever had an insurance policy that's gone down in price, mate? Never. I mean, Never. I, I, I mean, even my car insurance goes, goes up and up and up as, as I get older. But I mean, here's an interesting question for you then, right? Yeah. Let's take the car industry, for example. You know, so like the Ford in Dagenham's, okay? When, when, in the height of the 70s, right, it was, it was mass producing all these cars, yeah? You had all these health and safety issues, haven't you? And then you've got the, the Mitsubishi uh, power plant in Coventry, wherever it is, all this stuff, right, which is fully automated. Do they have the same health and safety issues in, in, in the factory as they were doing before? I don't before? know. Yeah, yeah, do I don't know. know. It, and it's the same with it when it comes to driverless cars, right? Yeah. If Tesla bring out a driverless car. If that car then breaks, um, breaks the speed limit, goes for a red light, sets off a red light camera, does that mean Elon Musk pays my speeding ticket? <laughs> Well, hopefully it won't be doing that, Harry, because it would be... Well, no, uh, yeah, but obviously, but like you say, Joe, you know, accidents happen, mistakes happen. Yeah. You know, computers are not fallible, uh, completely fallible, are they? You know, they're they're not... uh, They can go wrong occasionally, they can crash, they can malfunction. So at the end of the day, this is about accountability, isn't it? Yeah. And they're trying to pinpoint accountability on it uh, onto someone. So someone along the chain of command will be responsible for making a mistake. Now, obviously, we haven't even discussed the role that chemicals and the product manufacturers have in this because, you know, let's say that they're not prone to changing their formulas, you know, without say-so. They change their formulas all the time, mate, to make their product cheaper to to mass-produce. Do they? So, yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. Look, we had it in 2011, 2012 with GK, didn't we? When um, the formaldehyde regulations came right. in, it was all organised retrospectively. Uh, and then what happened, the company that I was working for essentially re- uh, produced a brand new product that, yeah, it passed all these formaldehyde regulations, but essentially they didn't pass on the fact to the customers that it was a different product that had different results. Yeah, so everyone yeah. therefore used it the same. And, it, you know, it so... Less effective, wasn't it? So my point is, in that scenario, is that the manufacturer's fault for changing the product, not emphasising to the people that are buying it that this product has completely changed and it won't work like it did? And can you imagine all of those customers in the salon that had bad experiences using that product, they blame the hairdresser for it. But, the, you know, but going, it's all like keratin, right? Let's, let, let's talk about that for a second, right? Keratin yeah. was never bad for the client. It was bad for the hairdresser, wasn't it? It was good? bad for the hairdresser, that's right. That's yeah. right. But that's so why, why, so why, yeah. the, why, why, why was the client getting involved then in something that didn't really affect them? Yeah, all right. They, well, no, it wasn't the client. The client didn't get involved in right. that process. Right. The client, right. That wasn't down to the client. That wasn't the client pushing the changes in uh, legislation. That was essentially the employees protecting themselves because people were doing these keratin blow dries all day long and they were suffering from uh, nosebleeds. And, were, were they? You know, seriously? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, seriously. The formaldehyde, because basically there isn't formaldehyde in the product, but when you combine, I forget the name of the chemical, I'll have to put it in the, the Telegram group afterwards, but once you combine this certain chemical with the heat from the straightening irons, it essentially... Uh, metamorphosized it, it, it into formaldehyde. Right, yeah, yes. and the formaldehyde obviously would then be ingested by the person take like carrying out the treatment. And so that's what it was. It, it stopped employers getting sued by the employees for this, that they had to then well, install, you know, they? giant... Were um, they? Were to... suing. Employees were suing the employers. Well, were yeah. They? Well, I, 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 I'm not sure whether there were specific cases. I'm sure there was. But right. it, once again, it's protecting themselves. So a lot of these salons, then they had to... I know a couple of cases in London. There was a salon just off uh, Oxford Street. They had spent tens of thousands of pounds on putting in uh, a new uh, air filtering system. Yeah. yeah. Because they was earning so much money doing these keratin treatments all day, every day. Were they? they they ended up spending tens of thousands of pounds putting in these you know um, top of the range yeah. air filtration systems in. Extract guess the fans, what? Yeah. what? Extract the fans and all of that. 
guess what? Within a year, Salon went bust. Right, right. The Salon went bust. They were forced to put all of these things in. The, the clients had already had bad experiences. The employees probably left because, you know, because their health was damaged. So, you know, you can see insurance kind of playing a role there in, in you know, preventing that from happening. But ultimately, the insurance was the downfall of the Salon. You know, but then I mean, going on to that, then was it the because I never really pushed keratin because I, 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 you know, I, I saw a couple of times and I just hated that smoke coming out of the um, the, yeah. the, the, the head, basically speaking. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. you know, this said for me, I don't really in, in my salon to be honest with you. And yeah. um, but was it the salon because the markups in these products, uh, this service, right? Was I mean, how much was the protein? Because just protein, yeah, the, the, right? the product cost around about at the time. I think the one treatment would cost around about twenty five, maybe thirty yeah. pounds in, in product, and, um, and, and you could charge a hundred to a hundred fifty pounds for the yeah, treatment. Yeah, it, but it would take of... three hours, Joe. Yeah, yeah So I mean, that's three hours. You know, if you did fifty quid a haircut, you could have done three haircuts. Yeah, you know, for, for in me, three hours exactly. and, and earn hundred and fifty quid. I, I never so, did it, right. I never yeah. did it anyway, but. Um, but it, it, it's, it's the markup. You can get a junior to do that, I suppose. You know, you get someone, you get a junior to apply it, you get someone to tongue it, you get someone to, and you get the hairdresser to finish it, don't you? It's a whole sort of like yeah. a chain There's of like events. A, yeah, there is a, yeah, there is like a conveyor belt of command. Right. That. But, it, it, yeah. You know what I mean? So from a salon's point of view, right, they've got, they've got sort of like, you know, extra, extra body just doing that then. The, the markup's pretty good. I can understand it. But it, yeah. ne it never really helped the industry, did it, really, at all, I don't think. You know, do you know what I mean? No, not really. Well, well, like I say, I mean, th this was an example of, you know, top-down, you know, yeah. top-down control, you yeah. know, trying to manipulate an industry, which was doing fine. You know, this is products coming onto the market that claiming that they do one thing when they do. Yeah. Then the manipulation from the product company, which changes the formula, which means that the product didn't work, which means you offend a lot of your clients because they're used to a product turning out one way, but then again, it doesn't turn out the other way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And who pays ultimately once all of these events happen? Well, the salon did. Yeah. The salon did and the employees did. Yeah. You know, the employees lost their job, the salon closed down. It, and it was all trying to implement a chemical-based service when, you know, people should just be... Cutting hair. That's right. <laughs> no, exactly. No, this is this is this again. My argument, right? Just hair. concentrate on what you do best. Don't yeah. di don't digress into into areas that you know what you're not in control of. You know, because at the end of the day, we 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 as hairdressers, we know how to we know how to dress hair, right? You you want to do technical work? Let the experts do it, right? Yeah, totally. You, totally. I mean, it's bottom up, isn't it? Yeah. You know, bottom up is where the innovation occurs in every industry. Nowhere in life does, you know, has the has the government website ever worked properly? Has a government idea ever actually been implemented? You know, as well as, yeah. you know, a professional company's idea well, who has skin in the game to make sure that their idea works. Well, exactly. Know, just just look at create the, uh... product. Exactly. I mean, the, the prime example is all these health and safety regulations in, in, in industries, right? You, you, do you know what I mean? Because the, the car industry in this, this country is finished. If it wasn't for the Japanese manufacturers, we, we haven't got a car industry as yeah. such. You know, I, I'm not going to say that's because of health and safety or whatever, but just certain things just kills the, the industry itself. And, and again, I think... I'm not sort of saying someone should go out without insurance. I, I do, I do uh, believe they should have insurance, but don't pile it on. Don't pile it on all the time. So to, to actually to kill the creativity of, of the yeah. industry. You know what I mean? So and, what's the conclusion then, Joe? I mean, can we can we can we wrap this section up with a conclusion? <sighs> Oh, look, it's not a scam, right? That's, that's, it's, I mean, insurance... Right, so is the latest insurance policy a scam, a gimmick, or innovation that works for a second? I, I would sort of say... It, I wouldn't say it's an innovation. I wouldn't say that um, because it would kill it. I wouldn't say it's a scam because it's a necessity. Is it a gimmick? Yeah, I, I would look at it as a gimmick as a get-rich-quick for someone. 
Okay, so who loses then in that scenario? So who wins? The insurance company? The insurance company wins. The I would say yeah. the professional bowlers who are, spon- uh, are um, promoting, they'll probably, they, probably get cut out of it somewhere along the line. Yeah. Right, definitely. The um, the assessors will win because they, they, they will, um, yeah. they, they get a job to do. The, the person that would lose right would be a seller owner. Really, at the end of the day, because he's got he's got more um, more to deal with that he doesn't need to be de- dealing with, really. Uh, so yeah. So salon owner, what about hairdressers in general, like well, freelancers? Well, freelancers, I don't, I don't think they they need to bother. I mean, they would they would need obviously. Look, you know, if if you're looking for new clients, right, um, you definitely would need to have this sort of like a cover. Um, unfortunately, you don't look for new clients. I don't look for new clients, and you know and so, yeah, we, we do what we do best, and I, I can't sort of see us getting these extra insurance premiums. I, I can't see it, really. I don't think we need it. Obviously, the car, we, we, the car is a, is a different thing because we need transport and things like that. But actually, when, once we're dealing with the client, no, we don't. Unless we do chemical work, um, that's a different... Um, that's a different yeah. sort of thing, but like I said, I can't speak on behalf, behalf of them because I don't do technical work. So, do you agree with my perception of this, which is this seems to me to be regulation by the back door? Of course, it is. Yes, you know, this is because they won't get um, an industry to agree on being regulated because yes. we come under the micro businesses thing, which yeah. the government have obviously already pointed out. We're all micro businesses, yes. Um, and the government, you know, they do state that any decision they make, they they absolutely have to protect jobs. Yes. So any decision they make, they don't want to disrupt, you know, yes. jobs. They don't yes. want people to lose jobs through industry government makes. You know, that's not why the government are there. That's right. Um, so, you know, does this is does this seem like a concerted effort by the seven percent? that we established last time, those big salons, mm-hmm. uh, and, and in industry, to basically make it a lot more difficult for the 93% to get on with things. I, 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 I think it's sort of like make it more um, easier for them to sort of get a bigger chunk of the pie if there's less salons around, definitely, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, how do you kill competition? You kill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, no, how do you protect your business? You, you stop comp- innovating and you prevent anyone yeah. else coming into the market. Yeah, yeah. I know. There's there's so many ways around this um, insurance um, scam or gimmick. All right, you know, technology is going to resolve that for a start. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, people. I mean, could we see a scenario where people just won't be shampooing people? That would be a prerequisite of turning well, up at the salon. You know, come with your hair freshly washed and we'll just spray it down with a spray. I mean, that's all I'll do from Listen, now on. One of the predictions that I've been saying for, saying for years, right, is wigs. Wigs are going to play a very important part in, in, in everyday life. All right. So clients, you know, won't be going to the hairdressers at, like they used to, to go and get a blow dry or whatever, where they can wear a wig. You, you yeah. know, do you know Condition I mean? is king, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. My, my whole hair philosophy is about condition being the be all and end all. Yeah. So my advice is to stop using chemicals on your hair. Exactly. Joe's advice is to protect your hair, make it strong, use conditioning treatments, and wear a wig. <laughs> no, not like yes. that. Yes. No, but no, no, no. Yes. I, can, can protect I your hair. Protect, protect yeah. it. But can I tell you one thing that I've noticed what people are telling me, right, is that mm. since, the, since the lockdown, we're talking about, the first lockdown from March, right? They've been washing their hair less. And because yes. they've been washing their hair less, they found their hair has got better and stronger. Wow. There you go. There you go. There you so, go. Leave your hair alone. Wear wigs. Exactly. Let the condition improve. Um, I mean, look, I did say this also at the beginning of last lockdown. I, I, I sent a message out to all my clients saying, I know you're going to be tempted to colour your hair at home. I know you're going to be tempted to try and cut your hair. But please, you you know, no one's seeing you. Just please leave it alone. And when we're allowed to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get back on the... We'll get back on, on it. Very, di- very different philosophy to me. Because I've, I've got clients saying, oh, I need a haircut, Joe. I said, well, you know what? Yeah. I say, maybe it's... 
just cut what where... annoys you. <laughs> don't yeah, cut so, bit is that what you said to them? Yeah, just cut what annoys Brilliant. you. Don't... This just bit annoys you. Annoys you. Yeah, because cut there's it. no point, right? Um, trying to be a hairdresser. So when you look at yourself, if this bit annoys you, just cut it, leave it, and then leave the rest Excellent. alone. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that is sound advice, yeah. Joe Nomad. Um, right. I hope that we've yeah. given some sound advice to people. <laughs> Um, also, I do want to know. I couldn't find it. I've been desperately looking for it. But there is a part in this um, qualification, this insurance policy, that essentially nullifies the whole claim of being done for um, sudden stroke, like backwash stroke syndrome, if you've got a um, bit of foam on the neck rest. Ah, okay. <laughs> so if you want practical advice, just make sure the bit of foam don't fall off the thing. Um, at the at the neck rest, and therefore you won't be sued by it. Um, you know, obviously double check that with your insurance okay. company. This isn't insurance advice, but I'm just saying what I've gleaned from. Okay, the we talked about the um, automated backwash a few weeks ago. How would that work with the um, insurance policy as well? The automated backwashes. Like I say, Elon Musk. Uh, they'll be suing Elon Musk. <laughs> there you go. So don't worry about the insurance policy. That's don't what worry about say. insurance policies. It's just it's much ado about nothing. Yeah. You know, you you lot out there are already super professional hairdressers exactly. and colorists and stuff. Exactly. So just, you don't need to worry. Just do as you do. Yeah. However, I do worry about pe new people coming into the industry, mate, and I do worry that they are trying to suffocate. Uh, ways barriers uh, they are trying to increase the barriers of entry into the industry you know you and I we both started off as apprentices in a shop you know well, I think this is, that, I mean, and that was one way in but now everything's got to be done by an accredited assessor and you've got to have a proper MVQ given by a professional body and, and like I say I think the biggest tragedy of all this is the fact that if you and I were, went out to teach somebody there's a question mark. Would we be breaking the law, or would we be breaking health and safety? Would could we be sued, you know, by one of these no win no fee people it's, because it's, it's, we're it's, training it's, someone without a qualification? Look, if, we, know, if, we were to, if we were if we were to sort of go to court, right, uh, on a, on a, on a sort of like a, a, a case here, it'd be their word against ours, right? Sure. Uh, as simple as that. On, on paper, I fairly agree with you. We got. We haven't got elected standard because we're not. Uh, we haven't got the quali um, required qualifications. But who's going to complain about us? I mean, yeah, it, would, it. would your mate, would your junior complain about you? No. Would my would my assistant complain about me? No. It's going to be someone job worthy. Right. I, I remember so, Gary. Remember yeah, Gary with a double R. Yeah. I remember him. <laughs> I leaked it. Someone like him, a job's worthy. You know, who's, who's looking to sort of like prove a point when the right? Okay, yeah. So gotcha, gotcha. Right. So I think I've got another phrase to sum this whole episode up. Go on. Do you want to hear it? Go on. So our Joe and Aaron's advice for you all. This is official Salonomics advice. Stay away from the so snowflakes. Yes. <laughs> if you've got whingy clients, let somebody else deal with them. Yeah. Pass it on. Pass it on. All right then, mate. Well, look, I think that brings to end that part of the show. Um, what's um, got your goat on LinkedIn this week, Joe? Nothing on the goat, but I did come across a, 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 a fantastically reputable hairdresser. We, talk, we talked about him recently, right? Yeah. And he's actually sort of promoting a free haircut by him if you buy a product. So it's a competition, basically speaking, right? So, so he's, he's encouraging people to buy his products and then he will pick a winner to cut their hair. Now, okay. his, hair, his hair cuts, right, is a four-figure sum, all right? I mean, big, big... Why don't you name him, Joe? Let's name him. Do I name do, him? Well, Ted Gibson. I mean, I don't want to name him because... I, well, I, no, I mean, I, look, I, I, he was, respect, we did a show I, about his salon, didn't we, the I, other I, week? I, mean, so I, I respect, I respect the guy a great deal, right? I really, I really do, and I think, you know... He charges exactly what he think is worth. You know, he's brilliant. But why would he sort of do a haircut, right? To, uh, to for a product. I mean, is he is he trying to sell his product that desperately? That of course he is. Of course he is. Yeah, that's that's what's, is. that's, that's this so is marketing. Sad. Listen, this is great marketing. Mate, is it great marketing? Going magazine. Yeah, it is because what he's doing is, is essentially fundraising, right? 
right. um, is essentially getting market awareness. He's getting brand awareness. He's doing a haircut. It's going to be a big, you know, probably going to be reported on by all the magazines. And every single person that enters the competition, it's like it's like uh, it's like buying a ticket for the lottery, mate. It's a lucky dip. Yeah, you know, no. you've got to buy a product. So he's earning out the product sales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's earning out of the free PR that this is going to generate. Yeah. And you know, hopefully, he's going to make someone's day. Well, listen. So you know, there's a lot of value. Yeah, yeah the two. So that's why I like the idea. Yeah, Two thousand yeah. four hundred pound a haircut. Dollars, 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 dollars. Uh, sorry, yeah, is a yeah in America. Two thousand, so you know, roughly around eighteen hundred pounds a haircut. This guy, and you can go to his California salon. You know, it's just up the road from Beverly Hills. It's a beautiful salon. Great salon. You know, great. Um, we've we we explored the the salon. Um, that was part of our show. I think it was nineteen contactless salons of the future. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to go and check that out, where we take a deep dive into Ted Gibson's uh, salon, um, look, it's essentially an Amazon salon. You know, Jeff Bezos is involved in that salon as well. It's very automated. It, it runs with uh, Alexa. You know, it's it's speech recognition all over the shop. It looks fantastic. Like I say, that is the innovation that you and I applaud in this industry, right, Joe? Of course. Joe? But no, I'm just sort of looking at it. Now, did you enter... For- we can't enter for it. It only says open to local Los Angeles, California residents. Damn. That's that. It's a, again, it's a limited market. And if it was yes. worldwide, then I was sort of if it, Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a good point. I mean, obviously, during lockdowns in California at the moment, you'd be a fool to go to California right now anyway, because apparently it's a hellhole. Yes. Um, and, but, they, um, and, they, and they can't blame Donald Trump for this. No, no, it's just Joe Biden's fault. Um, yeah. Well, no, it's get, uh, the governor. It's the governor. Yeah. I mean, because America works differently to us, mate. Yeah, they have accountability yeah, at governor he, level, yeah, don't he's, they? Yeah, each state have to go and go there, yeah, you know. Exactly. Which is why I never understood why why the president does get so much clock when every you know every state has their own own president essentially, right? Well, that, that's unfortunately that's the um, that's the media for you. Had a reporter, yeah. you, know? you know. Anyway, sure. anyway, let's so, go to so so we think that's good then. Yeah, we think the Ted Gibson thing. So this is a good idea for everyone if you want to generate a bit of local interest. Uh, start a competition give away a free haircut free balayage free set of hair extensions basically make the entrance fee a product of your choice but see the, he's, you know, but he's got his own product he has got his own product I mean, but you I'm, can still you know why, you can why, still why collaborate for your, haircut, with your brand right? for, for, for L'Oreal I mean why would I you know do you know what I mean it, it well, no, no, you, but no, but the thing is, I mean, obviously, you know, find those old shitty products that you haven't been able to start, <laughs> sell for the last three years. Are you saying all um, products are shitty, Aaron? No, I'm just saying the ones that you haven't been able to sell or use over the last three years are probably shitty products, and you've not found a use case for it. Right? I know. I, I actually, what I would do is actually sort of like give give um, a, a prize of products for every haircut that you did that goes into a drawer. Not the other way around. Don't, don't buy products and get a free haircut. You you get a haircut. No, you've already bought the products. These are the products that are sat on shelves no, gathering saying, dust. That's what I say. So you, you, you give those give, away. You give yeah, you give them away, right? For, give but, them away. So basically, they have to buy those products in order for you to for, in order for them to enter the competition. No, they don't. Buy a product. No, they they have to sort of like um, get a haircut. Or highlights, and then your name okay. will go to a draw. So you get, and then your name goes into a draw. Draw. If you win, you get a free haircut. No, no, I don't like no, 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 no. I like, you, I like no, this product no, you, model. You, no, first. you book a haircut or you book highlights, right? Yeah. And then once you get the services done, your name goes into a draw, and the, yeah. and the winner would get a basket for the products. These, right. like you see, these products that you've just been sitting in shelf for like six months or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's how I would do it. Yeah, no, I disagree. Okay. I, I would get rid of all the I would get rid of all the crap out of your store store cupboard, give all that stuff away it and will. you know, create some free PR just by giving away one haircut. Well, Boom. Job done. No, I never I, I would never give a haircut away free, mate. Never. Never. Really? Never. Well, no, I suppose that's I, yeah. I, that's I was taught point. that. I was taught never give talent away for free. It's, yeah, no, it's a great point. It's a great point. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I give products away for free. Yeah. yeah, but technically, if, if they're buying uh, a lucky dip, or whether it be a product or whether it be a previous service, then you, technically the extra money that you're going to make from the giveaway 
will pay for the haircut. So technically, it wouldn't be. It would be that person paying for the haircut. Uh, uh, technically, okay. it would be Let me ask you a question then, right? You done a free. Ha- you done a free haircut, right? You done no, a free. I haircut. don't think I have. Only when I was training. Only uh, when I was but training. there's the two different emotions where you're doing a free oh, haircut. And the wife. And the wife. Right, well, yeah, the wife's different, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you do a free haircut to a paying customer, who gets the best experience? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can feel quite resentful, can't you, when you're yeah. giving away your time for nothing? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I understand that. You know what it mean? comes back to that trivial thing yeah. as well, don't it? it? You know, especially if you're doing a free haircut and they complain. Yeah, well, this is it. This, this is well, Hang on, where does that stand on insurance? <laughs> if they haven't paid for the service. Well, no, that's is it. Now. You can't. If, if they're not paid for the service, then surely they can't sue you, right? Well, that's right. Well, that's how, that's how you always get out of um, being sued. You know, I'm not happy with my health. Okay, Mrs. Smith. Okay. Look, we'll give you a free bill on this we'll one. Give you right? a free and then next time, we'll just top it up and look after it until we get it better. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's for the sure. bit, yeah. yeah you t- exactly. you got. Whatever happens, don't rely on insurance exactly. companies to help you out. They're not yeah. there to help you yeah, out. Exactly. They're there to make money. That's the conclusion. Just like, just like everybody else in this industry that calls them in sales industry. Uh, we are not. We are sovereign hairdressers. We are sovereign uh, beauticians. We are sovereign. We don't need, need. those people yes. to make money. I mean, they it, need us to make it, money. Exactly. And, and this is why I, I was a bit... So I don't really want to mention Ted, but like, can you imagine that haircut he gives for free? She's not happy. I mean, she would be excited. <laughs> right? She'd be sitting in a so, chair for $2,400 haircut. Wow, £1,800. And then, you know, so an hour later, she might have that look of... Oh my God, look at her face. So I say, what I'm, I done? yeah, what, what does he do? Oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. That is priceless. <laughs> anyway, good luck to him. <laughs> All right then, Joe, let's round the show off. All right, mate. So where can people find you? Um, wherever, they, wherever you may be, actually. Where, where, where are you? You're, you're on the what, are you Telegram? omnipresent? Well, I'm not omnipresent. I'm in the salon, I'm in uh, Telegram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Instagram, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Everywhere where Salonomics is, I'm there. But I'm everywhere. I'm in every salon. I'm everywhere in every salon's um, premises. Just think of sure. me as your your, your protective um, halo. <laughs> you can find me, Aaron Dawn Hair, on Twitter. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on all the socials. You can find me on uh, Salonomics anywhere you, you type it into Google. Um, if you want to look into making a new revenue stream for your business, go to gosalon.uk where you'll find everything you need to grow your retail business and more. Um, Joe, what is the next show going to be about? Should we explore more on this insurance thing? Or I, I have don't we, know. I, I, have I, we killed it? I think we killed it, really, because I, I like, like I said, it. I mean, we could probably... Now I think yeah we killed it I think best yeah. speaking it's a it's a gimmick that somebody wins but not not the uh, not the industry I don't okay think. right okay so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fall back onto my next idea for the show which is going to be titled all hair awards are a scam yes that's the one we should talk about hundred percent. That's because I've got some beautiful stuff oh, this to tell a great you about. Story, I've got some hilarious. This stories is a great story. This is a yeah. great story. Okay, all right. All right then, Joe. Right, Until mate. next time, mate. Stay out of trouble and, and be good on LinkedIn. So Take, see you soon. Take care, mate.